1: See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.
3: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 653. Um, let's go to the Nerdist Community Corkboard. Uh, well, before we go to the Nerdist Community Corkboard, I will say uh, next Sunday, which would be the, what is that, the 29th of March is the season finale of Walking and Talking Dead. Walking Dead will be 90 minutes um, sounds like some shit's gonna go down, but I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. But our guests are gonna be, uh, Scott Gimple, Norman Reedus, Melissa McBride, who plays Carol, and, uh, and a surprise cast member, which doesn't always mean anything. We tried to break that pattern, so it doesn't always mean anything. Um, but it is a finale, so I'm guessing shit's gonna go down. But who knows? But who knows? Uh, and obviously, uh, At Midnight's on all this week. And now let's get to the Nerdist Community Court Board. Um... The Family Dinner is a comedy troupe in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They do live shows, movie interruptions, and many, many other things. So go to Facebook.com slash Family Dinner Improv to find out. Also, Dave would like to plug his podcast, Superhero Speak. They talk about comic books and other comic-related news. You can find it at superheroespeak.com And the group that shall not be named, Inc., the world's largest Harry Potter fan club, is hosting Mysticon this May 21st to the 25th in, L- in Laconia, New Hampshire. I probably said that wrong, so please don't treat him and go, It's pronounced Laconia. Uh, MistyCon is a fully immersive Harry Potter convention with over 100 hours of formal programming, special events, performances, all taking place in private resort that is 100% taken over by the convention. No muggles to be found unless you're cosplaying as a muggle. Uh, Go to misty-con.org for more info. This episode of this podcast is our uh, our old friend Joe Lynch, who is a guy that I knew from G4. Really nice guy, uh, director... He's promoting the film Everly, which is available now on demand and pre-order for Blu-ray. Um, but, uh, but it's fun when, when people that you... Well, it's, I didn't really start at G4. Let's say I started my new life at G4. So in a sense, Joe and I kind of started together. And uh, of course, he knows Matt and Jonah as well for a long time. So we're very pleased that he has gone out and done good. Joe Lynch has done good. So, uh, watch Everly when you can. Uh, Joe's an incredibly talented guy. And uh, now, the Nerdist Podcast, number 653, with our pal, Joe Lynch.
0: Now entering Nerdist.com.
3: I didn't know you worked in porn
0: Everyone has to You were an editor? You were a porn editor? When I first came out here There was no work At all You know so
3: Which was what year? uh,
0: 2003 I guess So I had come out here Oh is this the part where I say Are we recording now? (laughs) This is the (laughs) part Sorry someone took the podcast Sorry But to go off on a tangent Maybe I'm just trying to divert From the porn job Because my mom is listening (laughs) She knew all about it She 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 did my taxes She must have done Um, But to, to side note, uh, you guys got me through a lot of shit. Really? Big time. When, uh, when I was in Serbia uh, shooting Everly, uh, this was the summer of 2013. Um, it's Serbia. Not, <laughs> n- not my town. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, I, I packed up my, my iPhone with every... I, I, I listen to podcasts incessantly. Everything. I... I From Marin to, you know, um, I might have heard him, uh, to you guys, to everything on KCRW. um, I mean, it's what inspired our own podcast. I was just like, I love listening to these great conversations. And the fact that you guys have such a kind of relaxed, familial, family sort of situation, it just felt like I was hanging out with a bunch of buddies. So that was the summer that you guys had, let's see, Hader and Joss, and I think Feige was in there. Um, It was a whole bunch of people that. You know, are, are, I'm fans of, but it was more the the, the episodes where you guys were just kind of hanging out. It made me feel like I was at home. Like it, it, it got me over the homesickness. It yeah. really. And no, seriously, I'm seriously. not the just, one we did all in Serbian,
3: which probably just reminded you exactly. Then, then, then you I
0: were. just started running in circles, yeah. going, "Jesus Christ, help yeah. me!" And then when we reenacted and did an audio version of a Serbian film, that was <laughs> right. That was really you will no. Okay, all right. I, I'm I'm amongst friends here. Half of my crew worked on a Serbian film. Oh shit! And the stories that I could tell are not safe for nerdist. Oh, <laughs> but I will, but I will tell NSFN. one. Uh, we're all we're all f- familiar with the cinematic classic that is a Serbian film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, did you you actually
3: watched it? I have heard of it. Parts
0: because okay. Of the all right. Parts. All it's right. It's like everyone You're... saw the
4: one clip of the guy getting his head bashed in.
0: But you didn't see the newborn porn part. No. <laughs> no. The what? Don't, don't, don't ask. Just Google it. I'm sure you'll, you'll find out. But okay. Katie, is, Google if you're, it. If you're familiar Katie, with... don't. No, no, don't. No, no, Katie, <laughs> Katie. Do not do that. Um, but a lot of the crew, everybody out in Serbia, they love making movies. You know, there's obviously not a lot of films go out there, but, you know, they had uh, November Man and Three Days to Kill. So... Hollywood is slowly realizing that there's a there's a good marketplace. Hostel was out there. there too, right? Uh,
2: great marketplace. In for
0: theory, Nicholas yes. Vick in movies. production, no. There was uh, Where were no, they? Uh, that was Bulgaria, Two. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, you'd meet all these great people, and I had mentioned like, oh, a Serbian film, and they look at me like, you have seen Serbian film, and I'm like, I've seen many Serbian films, but I've definitely seen a Serbian film, and uh, and they looked at me like, are you? Okay, like, did, you su- did you survive? <laughs> they 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 made it seem like this was like a rite of passage, you know, like if, oh. if, or or you've been to war. You get the thousand yard stare after right. you've seen a Serbian film because the thing about that movie is that it's so beautifully shot. It really it's it's elegant. But a lot of the crew worked on it and they would just like look at me like, oh, oh. <laughs> that was a crazy movie. But um, one of the visual effects, no, one of the makeup effects guys. Um, we had to construct these characters in Everly that are. I'm just going to keep using references left and right. But there's these four guys that were inspired by the, uh, the elements in Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, the, the best. I can go on and on. Uh, the lightning guy was my favorite. Well, oh, because he it. had those cool special effects that still look good red. today. They really you do. Know, those lightning effects on Blu-ray. Most most visual <laughs> effects that are like optical effects just don't look good. But then you would have those moments where he'd steal Kim Control, They'd slide up, and then the uh, the lightning would have a little Chinese character right before it goes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. And for years, I'd be like, "What does that mean?" And then I looked up and like, "It means nothing." It's just it's something <laughs> that, that uh, Richard Edlund, the guy who did the make the visual effects, was just like, "That ah, cool. That looks cool." But for years I'd be like That's such a great effect So it's basically
3: Just based the equivalent Of a drunk girl's tattoo
0: it, It's yes. a tramp stamp Of the visual effects <laughs> um, but, but we had You know So I had to go meet With this visual effects guy Who was deaf So try having a conversation With a, a deaf gentleman About these practical effects, and he would just nod his head. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd be like, "Sorry, right, so I'm looking for a kind of big trouble little." It turned into that moment when Jeff Bridges was like, you know, uh, explaining porn to somebody. Right. You know, like, I'm looking for something funny, like ordinary people's. You know. <laughs> and I'd be like, "It's kind of big trouble in little China meets a little, you know, professionally," and he'd be like, "Uh huh, uh huh," and I'm, I'm like, I, he, "I don't think he's getting any of this." Yeah. But then he, you know, then he started sketching it out, and it was perfect. I'm like, "Oh, okay." So then he's like, "Oh, so you like a Serbian film, right?" I'm like. I don't know if one can constitute saying like a Serbian film. Did I endure it? Yes. Did I, you know, I guess respect the visuals. Yes. Um, can't say much more about that. He's like, let me show you something. So he goes over to his, uh, wide array of, of spare parts, body parts or whatever. Latex, body parts, silicone body parts. (laughs) And he pulls out this like wrapped up. I'll be there in a second. Uh, he he pulls out this like wrapped up bubble taped thing and he hands it to me. And I'm like, Oh fuck. And I start to slowly unravel it. It was the baby from the... Oh, boy. no way. Aww. Yeah. I, I, can, I can't say I didn't take a couple selfies with it. You know? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> there, was, there was a makeshift uh, selfie stick that I yeah. popped it on and oh. started, you know, doing, <laughs> doing some puppetry. Um, <laughs> but it, it was... i What is I, that I, hammering? I no, <laughs> must be it's, upstairs. It's all, it's all those fans.
4: Because there's nothing beyond this wall, right? It's no, no, it's upstairs. It's upstairs. Oh, no,
2: Kyle just went upstairs.
4: Oh, Chris, no. you, Chris, you no, gonna go yeah, throw your dick around? You gonna go throw that dick around, Chris?
1: Stop hammering!
4: Yes! They are no, you gonna throw the, hard the pussy work has around? has spoken.
0: That was amazing, sir. It stopped. It worked? Somebody just went oh.
4: Yeah, but it was Shit, like I'm r- not probably right, to... right at the moment where Kyle was like, it would be very nice if you could stop hammering just for you a moment. That-
0: stop it. That was the yeah. moment the where Kyle's Kyle. Kyle's head is at the door. With a hammer. You know, just looked around at the moment and was like, ah, and no. then oh,
3: <laughs> Kyle I'm just good. sheepishly gives the thumb
0: yeah. up. <laughs> Sorry about you that, Kyle. Listen. You should listen to him. Were you made asking them nicely? Uh, cool. Have you ever been to Serbia? I have not been to Serbia. It's beautiful. Like, Belgrade is where we shot the movie. And, uh, and again, like. Part of the concept of Everly was that you could shoot it anywhere. It's a film that takes place all in one location. So when I would go into pitch meetings, I'd be like, Hey, you can shoot it in Timbuktu. It doesn't matter where you shoot it. You know, like, it's cost-effective. We can do it anywhere we want. Didn't know that they were actually going to say, What about Timbuktu? You know, I, th- I just <laughs> thought, like, Hey, you know, we could probably get a place down in Venice or go up to you know, Northridge and just shoot it in a, in a warehouse. No, they... You know, they, they wanted Northridge, me... the
3: Serbia of Southern California. Yes, pretty
0: much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, the newborn porn market there yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they wanted to give me as many days as possible to get as much as I could. And this was a you know, low-budget film. Uh, and they, they gave me two options. They said, you know, uh, I think it was Singapore or, um, or Serbia. So I, you know, I looked up both, and I'm like – Serbia seems nice, but it was also like, well, you can get 28 days in, in, uh, in Singapore or you can get 30 days in, in, in Serbia. I'm like, okay, those two extra days I know I'm going to be kicking myself later for not having, so right. I might as well go with Serbia. Um, so when I get there, uh, first thing I see is there's these women who are outside and they have babies attached to their breasts as they're breastfeeding and they're holding out their hands for money. And the ba- one of the babies actually kind of went, and like put their <laughs> hand out. There. I'm like, that is good. Like, that, that <laughs> is a slick touch. I've seen people, you know, use kids before, or dogs, like, please feed my dog, you know. But they're using actual babies and, and breast milk, you know. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, my dollar was not good enough for them. They were just like, American dollar. Gift. They didn't even <laughs> want that. Be gone. But then we would drive through the city, and there's two parts of Belgrade. There's Old Belgrade and New Belgrade. Old, Be- Old Belgrade is um, really this is just Beautiful old part of town with old buildings old architecture It also has all of the remnants of all the bombings that we did back in the late 90s So every time that we would drive past a cab driver without fail every time they'd go see that that was you Oh Oh, shit Without fail I was like on a day off I'm going to see Elysium and and I was just like I need to just clear my brain I'm gonna go see some fucking sci-fi it'd be great and we passed about four buildings, and by the fourth building, I go. Oh, I know it was my fault. I got it. Sorry. Shit. And then we go into a conversation about Neil Blomkamp, like. Really? Like he actually drove around a little bit longer. He's like, "Oh, so what are you seeing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna go see Elysium." Oh, you mean the Di- 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 District Nine guy? I'm like, "Oh, wow, wow!" Well, he must be
2: excited about Chappie. He sure is. Chris. I, well, we'll see. You
0: know, I don't know. But, but the weird, but the weird thing about um, Serbian theaters is, are we already on a Chappie tip now? <laughs> I'm, sorry. It's, it's, uh, it's, Chappy. I'm not I don't know what it is. I guess I wasn't here for your Chappie jokes. What? No. What the joke is or
3: what the movie is?
4: I know what the movie. I've seen the billboards and the
0: trailer. I don't, I don't know, know if you really know the movie if you've seen the billboards. Yeah, yeah it's short circuit. Short circuit <laughs> Fuck Robocop in South Africa. Yeah, that's basically I think what it we're is. looking more short circuit Yeah, yeah. You know, short missing Michael too? McKeon, of course. Oh, of you know? course, yeah, yeah. Uh, but just to have a conversation with this person I never met before in my life about movies, you know, and that's what this is all about. That's why I got into this. Was I grew up obsessed with movies. Like my first movie was Sorry, mom. I'm gonna I'm gonna let, talk about this again. But my first movie was Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, She's I it. was two. Aww. She couldn't find a babysitter. No, no joke. She was a big horror movie fan when she was a kid. So, you know, she was like, of course, naturally, you would bring your your two year old to a movie that has the disclaimer. Warning, this film is too intense for pretty much everybody due to extreme violence. You know, and of course, my mom's like, too please. Uh And I remember going, I remember being in the theater. You know, it's those moments that you'll remember when Star Wars came out or, um, you know, seeing Jaws for the first time. Chappy. Or Chappy for the first time, of course, you know, like, wow, robots. Uh, But I remember watching that movie and I I don't know if you guys recall the film at all, the Romero version. Um, but there's Quite a moment vividly. in the beginning. Of the film. <laughs> For pretty I, much every I frame, was, I was baiting Jonah right now. I'm like, all right, let, bring it on, brother. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I know you, you can one talk. Day of the, the one Dead one Sarah the cows So, yeah. so
3: it's Sarah Polly and Ty Burrell and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Tom Sizemore. Yeah,
0: uh, and there, there's this moment in the beginning of the film where this one zombie bites another zombie on the uh, on the arm, right? And if you look very closely in the mo- in the movie itself, projected on film, and then later on in the laser disc. You could see where Savini and his team went. We're good, and where the makeup yeah. stopped. You just see it like it's a quick moment. It's probably 18 frames, but you see, zombie, not zombie. Yeah. And I remember as a kid going, bullshit. Nah. Like, like sorry, the, you know, the mystique is gone. But it was like from that, and then Raiders of the Lost Ark back. Back in our days, because I know I can say that to pretty much everybody here, remember when they used to have the, um, the production books when you used to go to the theater? You know, they would have like Raiders of the Lost Ark, the complete artistic guide or whatever, the complete yeah. production guide. And they would just, you'd open it up and immediately you'd go, oh, so the ball was made of styrofoam and, you know, Alfred Molina's not an asshole. And, you know, <laughs> and and he's how, British. That's, and he's British, of course. And, you know, the, and that's how you make the face melt and everything. But seeing all those elements and going like, oh, wow, this is movie magic, and I need to wear a baseball cap, dark sunglasses, and have a beard. So immediately, <laughs> upon maybe five or six, I started shaving, and, and that's where I am today. <laughs> um, but it was those dialogues that I had you know, with people who couldn't even believe that I was watching these types of movies back then, it made me realize that you can, you can start a conversation with anybody, anybody you know you go to a starbucks or you go to comic con or or anywhere and just be like hey do you, do you know battle royale and you can litmus test whether or not a they've seen it and b if they you know they go oh yeah that movie's great or c they go oh hunger games right. you know and then you go okay right. this conversation's right. over you know? <laughs> but i slowly started to realize that having cinema in my life was just such a, an easy way to kind of break out of feeling awkward in school or you know just Feeling antisocial, so to speak. It was that one thing that I I knew, kind of like music as well. You know, maybe to a lesser extent. You know, we we started bonding over yeah. Fart Barf. You know, the band, band Fart Barf.
4: Great band Fart Barf. Oh,
0: you haven't heard Fart Barf? I, no. You'd like
4: them. You'd like them. Uh, three
0: three guys in in jumpsuits and Simeon uh, masks, jumpsuits. massive jumpsuits, yeah. Simeon masks play kind of eighties Carpenter esque like synth pop. Yeah, it's and real it's. Good. Fantastic! Live, amazing. Uh, they did a music video recently that was kind of like a horror parody. That yeah. was great. Um, but it was—I remember seeing something about Fart Bar from Twitter, and then Jonah and I. Uh, we all have this weird kind of uh, G4
4: connection, Alman-esque G4 connection, G4
0: connection that, I'll, that I'll mention in a moment. But oh, I was there. I remember. Well, I remember when, you, like, I was a creative director at the website, and one day you came in my office just for a second, you went "Hey, Joe," and left. Right, and then. Five seconds later, Weird Al walks by and goes, "Hey Joe," and walks out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) so random. Yet that made my year. That was like, but it's one of those moments where I went, like, I would never have that otherwise. You know, I would (laughs) never get that chance. You know, it was, it was, it was a magical moment, and and I thank you for that. Well, please,
3: I'm, I'm, you know, uh, you were, uh, you were tucked away in the digital department. Yes. So uh,
0: it wasn't. You weren't in my normal lane of traffic. Because you were shooting something that day, I think he were shooting something with Al in the cl- like a closet that was like off to the side. Oh, yes, we were shooting Web Soup, Web soup, uh, soup. yeah, yeah. The,
3: finale. the season finale, yeah. where I we get <laughs> trapped in a in a utility closet, <laughs> and it's a it's a flashback episode. Yeah,
4: flashback to all the episodes. Yeah, we did that year,
3: and uh, and and Sarah Underwood was in there, and I just remember some joke where I, uh, where I'm like, well, we're all alone, and she's like, and and I go. You know, uh, I was on Singled Out with Jenny McCarthy and she goes, Ew, how old are you?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, really but again, like that's just knowing like, that I had this connection with you from the singled out days, you know, because I, I remember when that show first came on, that was like you were us. You know, like you, you represented us in a way. What, guys who were largely ignored for more attractive people? Yes. Okay. And then later on, when you were in House of a Thousand Corpses, I was like, holy fuck, there's Hardwick again, you know, like, and you're working with Rob Zombie. This is fucking nuts, (laughs) you know, and then you got to do the, 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 you know, the ultimate Dr. Satan, but like shit that we (laughs) quoted for fucking years, you know, and then, you know, when I was at G4 and then I think, yeah, it was right when Web Soup had started and you'd like just walk past my office and went, was that fucking Hardwick? holy shit, damn, he looks good. Yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever diet he's on, I, I want some of that.
3: I the no booze diet. <laughs> <laughs> Not drinking till 4 a.m. and then eating half a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't,
0: doesn't suit quite well God, for the yeah. social outlook.
3: I spent so much money at Damiano's Pizza because they would deliver it to oh, yeah. the west side, and it was expensive. They would deliver that far? Yeah, but it was expensive. It was like 40 bucks for a pizza. Uh, Jeez. And I didn't really have much money back then, so I didn't care. And uh, and they would do it. And uh, and then a lot of times, I would I, I would see all these charges on my credit card from Domino's. I'm like, I didn't order Domino's. And I realized <laughs> they would that I would get home hammered, order the pizza, pass out. They would try to deliver it, and I wouldn't answer the door, so they would just charge me anyway and take the pizza back. Oh, Jesus so, dude, uh, yeah. Was the pizza good?
0: I wasn't. What well, was delicious when I when, was. when when it was in your mouth, of course. Yeah, but yeah.
3: Damiano's got run out of. They got uh, shut down. Run out of, uh, the animal from animals. Animals. Yeah, yeah, because Fairfax uh, that that stretch of Fairfax got all gentrified with uh, fucking. Awesome end, restaurants. And oh, high end them, like, sneakers, well, stores. Stores and you stuff like that? Right yeah. across the street, Damiano's yeah. was like, Domino's was good, but it was very dark, and it was a place where you did not ever want them to turn the lights on. Yeah. Because it just had a There's weird. A what pizza was it like Pee Wee's Big Adventure and
0: like, all animals? Yeah, just, like, <laughs> yeah uh, pretty something. much. There's yeah. a good
2: pizza place up there that uh, uh, the guys who, I guess they're the animal guys too. They don't, no, it's the guys that own uh, uh, Chappies? Yep, Chappies. <laughs> Chappies. Uh, Let's go to Chappies
4: for the uh, finest. It's they South the. Uh, I, I own the, had my birthday. They own the burger Chappies.
2: place and the uh, and Kofax, which is a great breakfast place. We want a breakfast burrito, and then there's they have a pizza place I think called Prime Pizza that's fucking really good. Okay, there's, there's but is it like pizza. New York style pizza? Yeah. Really? Because yeah.
0: there was a place oh, on Melrose. New York style hey, pizza. Hey, hey, about <laughs> oh, oh,
4: my pizza. Some of that New York, Chicago, deep dish, Philly style pizza. Chicago, uh, Philly Pizza. Uh, you guys, uh, the, the,
0: the pizza. I really, I really set myself up for that one. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Papagool. Yeah. Damn it. I really set myself up for that yeah, one. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Sorry about that. We just, I, I should know I should You know you were talking about, hey, burrito, burritos. Burritos. <laughs> You're talking about nothing with the... I took a left I hand. was so tempted to bring a burrito with me. How many times has someone brought a burrito for the final moment? Zero, Zero times. times. Fuck! <laughs> I sat there going, I know fucking Bridges did it at least the second or third time. Like, no. you know he brought a fucking... No one? No. Nope. Shit! All right. Well, hopefully in five years I'll get the Joe Lynch returns. I, feel like actually, I will bring a burrito. <laughs> for Literally, everyone. the only
2: time we've ever had burritos after a podcast was that first year at Comic Con okay. when Matt Smith and, and Karen Gillen handed out burritos.
3: <laughs> no, that's not true. There was no. another time. There was another time when we went to Honest Taqueria in Boston. That wasn't all of us. Chris. No,
2: did I didn't go with you? you I did. never went with you. I
3: thought you did. No, no,
2: no. You just well, it wasn't a after up. a podcast. You did a tweet up. There. It was after a comedy show. You did a stand up. <laughs>
0: Oh, I anyway, that, that was there. that was good. <laughs> Sorry, you guys but having, having that edict of enjoy your burrito, I never like when I first listened to the show. I guess I, you know, I think this was like maybe the two hundreds or three hundreds. You know, <laughs> <laughs> in the two hundreds era, 200. But th- yeah. that time, I guess you didn't explain it as much, and it would just kind of come up at the end. And then I can't remember who it was that you explained it to. But then I went, "Fuck, that is such good advice." <laughs> now to bring it back to Serbia. They don't have very good burritos out there. What? No. Shockingly, no. not very good burritos, but the fucking sushi is fantastic. That makes sense, right? Serbian sushi. You like to go to Serbia for sushi? I'm just
3: mixing up all these. There's no way in. You <laughs> just can't Weird figure out. Accent, accent doesn't accent. match.
0: I'm tired of sushi. That was my favorite. <laughs> hey, what thing, are uh, you
3: doing with your sushi? Uh, like, it doesn't is that an Italian crab? Sense. Kind of. <laughs>
0: I just felt like I was in Belgrade <laughs> again, though. Da, 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 da. Hey,
3: I eat. Oh, you eat to my claw. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so he's a himself, you? I grow on the back. Man, it's okay. You,
4: you must have been really funny earlier in the day because it's all petered out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you saved yourself for me. I know, look, I know I'm not Prince, but uh, uh, hopefully I'm appropriate. For Wait, them. are we getting Prince in the podcast? Oh, that'd be amazing. Come on, I'm try trying to do too. a callback Whatever. to a couple weeks ago. No, but that'd be fantastic. If well, it really would be I want wouldn't want Prince. You know. I had to drive in... Uh, this was like 87 or 88, and my mom, who was obsessed with Prince, she would tell me on a daily basis, I'm leaving your father for Prince. <laughs> and this was the Under the Cherry Moon era. Mommy's Mom, he's just gonna sleep with you. Like, I, I even told her that. I'm like, he's just gonna bang you and leave. You right. know this, right? He could right. probably... He's so small, he can crawl up your vagina. Right, you know, like you do realize that there are some limitations. I'm inside now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably right. <laughs> he was having a show at um, Madison Square. <laughs> Get off! <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Ever since fucking Ackerman like, son, started doing that, I haven't, I haven't stopped listening to that album since you guys started doing that. <laughs> so
3: wait, so you? So what was this? Your, your so mom was upset. Going, your dad going into.
0: Friends. Telling telling my dad that she's gonna he, she's gonna leave him for Prince, scaring the shit out of everybody because Prince was the hottest thing going at the po- at that point. So we went into New York City um, to go to Madison Square Garden. This was like right before Ticketmaster kind of took over everything, and everybody had to wait at a video store to get tickets. So we had to drive all the way into New York City. Video we
4: store? Were, What's a I, video? I know. I know.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I, um, Calling my yeah, agent yeah. right now <laughs> um, But we went to Madison Square Garden That's where you had to have it And for some weird reason I was obsessed Because I was in New York City I, I had this obsession Over getting a Freddy Krueger poster I, I don't know where it came from So my mom was obsessed with Prince She had to get a fucking tickets for Prince And I was on a one track mission To get and this was Friday no, no, I'm sorry Nightmare 2 Like in between Nightmare mm-hmm. 2 nine, Well, Freddy's nine, the like, prince Nightmare of child three. murdering Hey, he's the bastard son of a thousand children. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. or maniacs or whatever. A bastard
3: uh, son of a thousand maniacs.
4: Yeah, uh, the it, bastard it, son of ten thousand maniacs. Drummer, the band. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a
3: ba- he's a bastard son of nat- Natalie Merchant. <laughs> that, that would be a, fantastic was a Amanda Kruger
0: like, Yeah, Amanda agree. Kruger was played by Natalie Merchant. <laughs> Tell that to the Platinum Dunes guys. I'm sure they'll work that <laughs> into, into the next remake. <laughs> yeah. That's
3: that's what, oh. That's why she came up with the song What's the Matter Here? Because she was all about her son Freddie Cougar who was abusing children.
0: Ooh. Oh. Okay, we need to get Michael Bay on the phone. Abusing.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, right. Very nice way of saying that.
0: Michael it. Bay. Weirdly enough, I found that motherfucking poster. Like, nice. It was in because that was when 42nd Street it was all, you know, bodegas, yeah. which I learned later that were all drug fronts thanks to Half Baked. I, like, I had no fucking clue. I was just like, there's a lot of stereos here. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. And they would have all those, you know, they would just have posters in the back, and shockingly I found one. And uh, so we went home very happy because my mom got Prince tickets. I got a Freddie poster. And the, o- the only other thing I can remember from that trip is, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty, I was, I was a pretty innocent gentleman back then. And we're walking down 42nd Street and my mom goes, I, she saw one of the ladies of the night uh. strolling around and she goes, do you know what that is? I'm like, no. She goes, that's a prostitute. Do you know what that is? I'm fucking 11. And I go, is that some kind of Democrat? <laughs> I had no clue what a a prostitute was, or b what a Democrat was at that point. It was I was probably Until watching she the news So got one for you like to, yeah. to make. Your and then man. it was just like yeah. you know Harmony Corine and his dad with kids. He got she got me a hooker, and the rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's where the career was born. Thank,
4: thankfully,
3: <laughs> I'm so curious about how you ended up. Uh, like what what your time in the pornography?
0: Uh, oh, we're going it, back to that. Well, it, it was you, 28 d- days. And Later. I'm gonna tell you a story of, oh God, am I going to tell this story? Oh, fuck, I'm sorry, Katie. you might have to cut this out, okay, so I got this job. It was the only job I can get at the time, and the cruel cool irony of it was they gave me at the time it was a g four power book, like power tower, or whatever it was like one of those really fancy mac uh, you know mirador drives or it was the power PC, you know, but it was that, and it was a twenty inch screen and everything. It was like. I could be making features on this thing. No, I'm looking at gaping assholes for the next eight hours or whatever. Right? Yeah, it was was Quicksilver at the time. Uh, And the way that they had it all positioned is it's this one very dark, very lonely room that that they have seven or eight guys in all the corners just sitting there up against workstations and just cutting away, right? No one says a word, right? There would be the occasional moments where someone would be like, and they would, like, stand up and go to the bathroom for about four or five minutes. And they, you didn't never. have oh, a for, Was uh, there a, well, For, uh, for uh, research. Yes, research. I am you know? curious. Uh, Is
2: there, like, an edict from them of, like, uh, the formula to cutting porn? Yes. Of, like, you want this, this, then this, yep. then this, that long amount. It,
0: there, it's very... It was a very strict formula.
2: Uh-huh. That. Uh,
4: it was... It's
3: blowjob, cunnilingus, two positions, come shot. I used to have a... Uh, yeah, yeah that, I, I that, had that it I had it out. Sadly...
4: Two like all-beef patties,
0: uh, pickle... Use a special sauce. <laughs> And special sauce <laughs> is the last thing. Yeah, the lettuce cheese was actually uh, a, a synonymous on with your the sesame Cleveland seed steamer. buns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually a Cleveland steamer. <laughs> that, but, it really yeah.
3: works. It really. Oh my God! Guys, Burger King I is the for porn. Yeah. Real
0: formula. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, no. All they would say was they would give you a mini DV tape. Yeah. Because all the guy would do, yep. like the director would just shoot, 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 and that's it. And all they would say is, take out the pussy farts, <laughs> take out and take out the direction. That was the only formula that I had. You know, huh. or oh no, and also Chaplin. Chaplin used to have to do the same sorry. thing. I had to make sure that that every every <laughs> project, <laughs> project was <laughs> crap <creepless, laughs> You know, crap. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, shabby two queefs. What, what uh. they're
3: taking out, though, is he, <laughs> just a card that says "brap." on it.
0: <laughs> it was more of a... <laughs> <laughs> so, so to bide the time, I started collecting all of these bloopers, right? Ah. Bloopers of guys who looked like Jason Statham who would inject their dicks to get hard.
4: Oh, know? no. Oh, wait, blooper. Bloopers, is that when a girl shits on you...
0: What, no, a- no, that's a blumpy.
4: <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. She said that I was yeah, yeah, so yeah, quick yeah, yeah. to know that. <laughs> a blo- but if there was a blumpy blooper, I think we would have... I, I love TV's about. Blumpies and Practical
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every time Dick Clark would just drop yeah. one on Ed, oh, it'd be fantastic.
2: Uh, <laughs> Ed, I'm going <laughs> to blow you now while you shit.
0: Hua. <laughs> 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 um, So you know, so they would have all these guys, and no one would talk to each other, and you would just kind of you would be handed a stack of DV tapes by this really so such a sweet old lady who would come like not come she would approach your desk. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm not gonna drop. uh, I'm gonna fall into that joke, but he would come over by your desk, you, and she would hand you some tapes, and then you would just you know uh, digitize it, cut it all up, and then you would export it, and. Everybody who was there was just kind of used to it. Like you, would just you just become desensitized. I would actually put a, a post-it on the top of my screen, so I would focus on that instead of looking at the the, the worst atrocities I've ever seen. Does it make? Sexually. S- does it make having sex like? I would go home every night, and my wife would, even if she like, looked at me funny, I'd go, Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. <laughs> like, get, like, I'm so sorry. This sounds awful, but I, I would, I'm only going to disappoint yeah. you. I turned so. off four times at work today. I'm no use to you. Dude, my sex drive went to nothing. Like, yeah. it, was, it was just, I, Did I, you, I, I, went, I, went, I got an inny. Essentially, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I like had all those worked. other did in the uh, ice cream store, and then I just didn't want
0: ice cream. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. This is too much ice cream. Right? A that's a that's a lot of cream. That's a, yeah. way too much cream for me. I became 200. sexually lactose intolerant. In <laughs> no, <way>. you should. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> so, it'll work for him. It worked for Sam Malone. Oh. So there was a guy, um, the, the guy that I was talking about before the one with the Emmy. Right, this guy with the, you know Emmy was our supervisor, and uh, and his whole big claim to fame was that he worked on Enterprise. Right, and everyone was like, oh my god, Enterprise, that's amazing! Wow, you're a genius. Well, the worst of the Star Trek franchise. Well, yes. At the time, though, it was still like, "Oh, give it, give you another season. He might, he might turn this thing they around." They did start to pull it out, right? In season four. Uh, speaking of pullout, uh, so <laughs> one day, <laughs> so on your back, Yulo. on my twenty eighth day, uh, so I can claim that I, I spent twenty eight days later on this. Um, they handed me, uh, they handed me all my tapes, and I'm sitting there and trudging through, and there was this gentleman that. We all. No one ever spoke to each other. It was just one of those things where it's like you know it's probably better off if we just don't talk. Like this, hmm. not something that you sit over by you know the the water cooler yeah. and like. So how's your day going? Yeah. Oh my god, the day that I've the- had to
3: cut today. <laughs> you should see this Dutch angle I'm working on.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> you should see this montage. Oh my god, the mise en scène in this shot.
3: Yeah. I'm working on this uh, Queef Supercut.
0: <laughs> all of the ones that were taken out. So all the ones that we had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, not a lot of conversation going on. But there was this one gentleman who was just. Silent Bob. He was the guy on the couch, right? Like, no one ever talked to him. He would just come and do his thing, and that was it. Every once in a while, you'd hear somebody go like, oh, shit! You know, like, and then there people would be like, oh, what? You know, and there would be a curiosity involved. Because it would take a lot for anybody to say, oh, shit, and then make everybody go over there and, and look like, how does that? Like, everyone's twisting their necks like, how does that happen? Like, how do people actually <laughs> do, perform like that? So... Um, so one day we're all there, it's just silent, and then you heard from Mr. Silence, oh my God. Within three seconds, everybody crowded around sure. like, sure. You know, it's like a dirty limerick, this I gotta see, you know. <laughs> so. Now, if you're familiar and this goes back to the formula, Uh you know, you, if, if we're all aware of the, uh, adult entertainment, you have to have something called the uh, pop shot or the money shot or the climax, you know, every good film needs a climax. Well, porn does too. Right. Um, you need to have a climax in every single scene or it, or it doesn't become a scene. It doesn't go out. You don't get paid. So if by some chance, you know, Fre- Frederick fast and hard Doesn't you know Quite get it up Or he comes too early Or whatever Then you have to f- You have to go back And find A Compatible dick To fit into that shot So Aww. that So you usually You'd have to go back To Frederick's old uh, Filmography You know If, if you Oh will, crazy And find something That kind of fits So There's You know You need to have that So here's the scene unfolds It's a scene You know You're t- atypical It's in the valley It's a pool scene and we're getting to the climax, and the un- the the uh, female in the scene, the the actress in the scene, um, is filleting our our star, so to speak, and uh, finishing off the scene. And we're like, okay, seen this a million times. What's the big deal? He goes, just wait. So, oh boy. Uh, so he pulls out, and he's going to climax, and it was like Crimson Tide. He sprayed blood all over. Oh her face. my god! How? Why? And immediately, the what? guy behind me goes syphilis. Oh! It gets worse. It it's, gets worse. It's pretty bad at this point. It gets worse, guys. I'm
2: so fucking hard right now. <laughs>
0: behind me said the same thing I'm like no I don't want to hear that right now behind me sorry so you know and, and the, the worst part well this is not the worst part one of the worst parts is that the girl kept her her eyes closed so she had no clue so she's just like no. she's going like paycheck 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 no. I just got to fill out a form and that's it she had no clue Ugh. and then the tape ends and everyone's did exactly what we all did oh shit damn and then did the your phone ring and someone goes seven days I, I wish they did because I, w- I wanted to kill myself afterwards oh uh, and then the supervisor comes out, of course, clutching his Emmy, and he's like, "What's going on here?" You know, and puts it down, and <laughs> sta- you know, like, oh, "Show me the scene." So we show it to him, and we're all looking at him like. So what happens? Like, does the guy have to go back and try to find something? Like, because this was, oh, this the other thing was, this was a new, uh, a, a new female, so we couldn't find the actress that would be compatible with the guy. The guy had been working for, like, at least a year, right? Oh. I, I remember because I would go over there and go, like, I know that dick. Um, <laughs> so the guy goes, so the supervisor goes, like, oh, okay. He treated it like it was, like, a glitch, you know? Like, oh, shit, that's 20, uh, 23.98, not 22.7, all right. So he goes, oh, send me the shot. So, the no,
4: visual. he's gonna color correct it. No, no! no!
2: 30 minutes later, no! <laughs> he just starts coming the NX01.
0: <laughs> it's just 30 minutes later, interface. thanks to Adobe After Effects, that crimson spray turned a pearly white.
4: That might be the most disgusting thing that's ever happened on this podcast. I, I knew no I would shit.
0: make an impression. I knew I would make an impression. Holy shit! And I'm, then uh, now I'm still Like, <laughs> <going, laughs> is this allowed? Like, is this like this is now? This was right before there was this big disease scare in like the industry. Did someone
3: warn? Did someone
0: okay. give that girl a heads up? Well, g- gave her a head something. That's, I
3: don't know, but. Hey. Uh, <laughs> like to imagine he went back in and pulled out his own files and just
0: made him he shoot a went... phaser out of his dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting laser beams and shit like lightning bolt, lightning bolt. You know? Emmy, bro. That would have been at least – then he would have justified his Emmy. <laughs> so he, he sends the shot back and we are all sit there like, are you fucking kidding me? And then I went back to my desk and went, I know this guy. And I looked at the previous tapes and – because the thing is you're supposed to get tested. You have to get tested. He didn't get tested. And I looked back in my log and he had been working – on because that was like say you know August thirteenth I went back to my desk and looked at all the tapes and went oh my god that guy worked on nine thirteen nine seventeen ten one he worked on at least eight uh. projects after that why
3: wouldn't someone have reported him Ex- after-
0: that's what I said and I was like I'm done like if yeah. I ever needed an excuse to get the fuck out that it's not worth it for the money. And we were fucking broke. I was like, "That's it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You know. Like, I have a very questionable moral line, but that was where it, it crossed it. You know. Oh, so that was that oh. was my short stint in porn, and, That's uh, and so I've never looked back. So that is, but it got you uh, to pursue. It pushed me out and said, you know what? It, it, it might have been easy to, you know, to collect a paycheck or whatever, but just keep going. You know. So I just. When I was in New York, uh, you know I really like, quick and
4: not to throw you under the Jonas bus mat but you've be been clear. smiling this entire time, and it's creeping me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you've like barely reacted to one of the most horrible things any of us have ever heard of
2: well, I mean, it just it, that tracks with me of like what they would do that all just tracks
4: not so much talking about the change in the color, just more of the fact that a guy syphilis all over a girl's face <laughs> and then don't continue to work. Yeah, <laughs> sift.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't don't Syphilis. It Holy verb. sifter. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, oh, sorry, now I'm AD, the I'm weirdo. I'm so sorry, Katie. Yes. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry if I, uh... You've
0: heard
3: worse? <laughs>
2: Not. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I'm sorry if, like, I'm not surprised by the moral compass of the guy coming on the girl's face, that he would do that with syphilis.
4: It's, of course, he not, would. have you? I really wanted that? my you mom to listen guy to this episode blood on a girl's face. No.
2: Why? I mean, I've not heard of it. Just,
4: I mean, I've heard of it now. Now that Joe's here, just this is really weirding me out. What <laughs> he, was weirding like, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah," and then they and then they killed babies. Okay, I can see that. What? <laughs> it's not outside the moral compass for these people to kill babies. You can I mean, what choice choice it. So they have? Really? I mean, they have a business. Okay, <laughs> yeah.
0: so so to recap, already be. we've I talked uh, newborn porn. Thing. We've gotten bloody spooge out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're, we're, we're going down a very good course, I feel.
4: Yeah, um, I do. I, I, and I've brought it up, I think, a couple times where I've always waited for you to be on the podcast to uh, have you talk about it. But how much can you talk about what went down with Nights of Bad Oh, I don't give a fuck now. You guys can ask whatever. Well, I want you to just oh, tell shit. a story about how, like, everything because oh, like, it was... I just
0: opened up Pandora's box. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. I Well, did. you know, with that said, I just uh, it's, well, look. Uh, You've you told me some stuff here and there, in piecemeal, and you always. Uh... And now I'm going to react, okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now, now, I'm just going to get grumpy face. You know, <laughs> talk talk about the Brooklyn Bloodline. I'll get really uh, happy. Yeah, but then now, you talk about money wait, I saw time. it was
3: the Brooklyn spooge line. <laughs> or oh. come on, guys! immediate callback. it's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> Too soon, I bro. I liked it. I appreciated
0: it. Uh, all right, Night's a Bad him. It started out with the best of intentions, you know. When you have, uh, when I read the script, I was like, "This is this is a movie for me," you know. But I didn't see like the way that it was written. Uh, Matt Wall and Kevin Dreifuss, uh these two producers who worked on this at this one company, wrote this script. It was a passion project for them. And uh, and when I read it, I went, all right, this is everything that I love in movies. You know, it had it. It felt like an adventure movie. You know, everyone kept saying when they were pitching it, like it's a horror comedy. I'm like, it is, but it's more of like, do you remember in the '80s when like Romancing the Stone was out, where you'd have a little bit of everything? You'd have you know, action and adventure, drama and romance, romance. You know, yeah. a little bit of horror. Like my God, that ending of Romancing the Stone when the fucking crocodile bites yeah. his hand. That's that's not PG thirteen. It's not that's a lot out loud moment. That's that's series R rated moment. You know, and it, I remember it really affecting me. But the fact that Zemeckis was able to balance everything out—he's a master at that. You know, able to balance all those different genres into one thing. But it felt to me it was a, its own genre. It was an adventure movie. So I I went in and pitched it as a, an adventure film, and uh, and it was we were we were on board. It took. God, like almost three years to get the, the kind of the ship sailing, you know, at that point. I started in 2008. We didn't know 2007, 2008. Um, we, didn't st- we didn't actually shoot until 2010. And at that point, I mean, you know, we got Dinklage was the first on board, and this was right, uh, right before he went to go shoot Game of Thrones, which fucked us later on. So I love me some Game of Thrones, but they can also go fuck themselves because they stole my actor. <laughs> um, but we had Dinklage, and then from Dinklage, everybody just kind of fell into place. Um, You know, Quentin came on and Steve Zahn came on and Summer Glau and Jimmy Simpson. I mean, Danny Pudi. I, I I really, I was like, I am the luckiest guy in the world. I have, you know, the oceans 11 of Comic-Con, you know, like this was to me, this was, this was my, my my way to say, I love this genre, you know, with all these actors and everybody was on board. Um, I I told the story before, I think at Comic-Con when, um, when we got everybody together, it was very important that we had LARP training, you know, because half the cast didn't know what LARPing was. Um, so we had these uh, experts from California go up to uh, go up to where was it um, Spokane, Washington and give LARP training. So you know, imagine like, you know, you have Steve and Summer and Ryan and uh, uh, Tom Hopper, who was Gunther at the time, who's on Black sales now, you know, all these people and Dinklage. And everybody's holding a foam sword, you know. And then the guy's like, "Okay, everybody, let's just spar a little bit." And they put everybody in a circle, and I guess everybody was kind of turn to their partner and just start.
4: <laughs>
0: Ow! Ow! Okay, <laughs> you know. Point. <laughs> Dinklage took it upon himself to basically put himself in the center of the room, and I swear to God, he went flap 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 flap. Drop the sword and went Narnia. <laughs> in in that perfect peter deadpan like not even a wink a- and he just went over to his table and like started taking a drink like all right motherfuckers i just mic dropped you know it was amazing everybody was so on board with this movie and then um It's slowly just starting to unravel. Like, it was like that bottle. Um, Like, when we first... You know, the movie was made by this company called IndieVest. And it's a company that goes out to, like, basically find investors from all walks of life. With the promise that if you invest in this movie, you get to be on set. You get, you know, name in the credits. You get to go to Sundance. You get to go to the premiere. Like, you become a Hollywood How could that blow up in someone's face? Right? I know. How could this go wrong? So... You know, I was told when I left for for the shoot. Um, this was in May of 2000, uh, 2010, They were like, "Okay, we are." I think it was like six point five million, right? Uh, six point five seven. I'm like, "Fucking healthy. That's a healthy budget for something like this." It gives me enough, especially when you go to like to Spokane. It gives you enough to be able to play with where you're not, you know, killing yourself because you just don't have enough time or the resources. We were able to get uh, Spectral Motion, who did all of Del Toro's. Um, Del Toro's movies, like uh, *Pan's Labyrinth* and uh, and the *Hellboy* movies, you know, they're they're monster geniuses. And I, and I, uh, sorry to name drop here, but I had Del Toro call them on my behalf. So being on that call, and he's like, this fucking cocksucker is fucking crazy, man. You got to fucking work with him." <laughs> and that was it. And They were like, "All right, well, he sounds like a cocksucker, so I guess we're gonna work with him." So we had uh, the the DP from *The Descent* and *Doomsday*, Sam McCurdy. Jeez. Like, I really had like the perfect team to make this movie as good as possible left los angeles and the budget was like 6.5 touch down and it went from 6.5 to 4 and and again like you know you sit there and go rolling with the punches i'll make it work um little did i know later on and and i found this out because an investor contacted me years later when everything started going down and was like did you know how much you really had you actually had like 1.75 million yeah so, oh, wow. yeah, um, I don't know where that money went. I have no clue. But suddenly, like when I got when we were going through prep, it was like, well, you could have had this or, you know, well, we can't really do a company move. So everything in that movie takes place in one fucking field. And we just had to redress it over and over and over again because wow. we couldn't afford to, to make a company move. And that was you sit there and go, where, where, where's the money i thought we had production value there's vans and we have breakfast burritos like well why can't we go elsewhere and it was it was nuts and um i got so bad i've never, I actually never talked about this so it's it, we're gonna get kind of mariny here sorry that's okay um you can get
4: you too you can get uh, <laughs> I, well, I, no, i'll get
0: i'll get nerdisty like plenty of times but this is this uh, um so when uh when i went out there i was nervous as fuck like i this was to me this was like I had done Wrong Turn two, and you know that that fared really well for me. I didn't expect it to to do as well as it did, and it did. And, and I remember saying to myself, like, all right, I got to step up, you know, like we got to kind of move ahead. I got to find a story that I really want to tell, but also do it in a way that feels like, ah, okay, now we're going from point A to point B in the career, and then I'll I'll be sitting in Kevin Feige's office any day now. <laughs> um, but I was so nervous that I got on Zoloft, right, and. If you're familiar with Zoloft, it's like the, you know, little kind of oval blue pills and you take half of it, you know, and that's usually what's good. Um, when I got there, I was like, fuck it, why not? It, it'll just calm my nerves. It'll just help me kind it's of focus. Is it an anxiety? Uh, yeah. Okay. And because I really, I was having like panic attacks because I felt like everything I've wanted to do this since I was two or three, you know, and to get to this moment this was, I psyched myself out. I totally psyched myself out. I I put so much pressure on myself that never really went out. You know, when everyone's like, oh, let's go hang out. I was like, nope, gotta go inside. I gotta do my shot list. I gotta do my storyboards. I gotta prep, 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 prep. And by doing that, I like took the fun out of it in a way, I guess. You know, it, it just became so nerve wracking to me because I felt like, Every single choice I make, I'm going to have to justify for the next 30 years. Mm. Because once you put it on film, it's it. That's it. It's done. It's out there. It's not your movie anymore. So every to me, I go, every moment counts. So I started taking like a little half a Zoloft, you know, once a day, just to kind of get me up and at him and, and good. Midway through production, when shit was just fucking hitting the fan, when, when you shoot in Spokane, no one told us this, but... When you shoot in Spokane, there's a few limitations. Like, for example, when you shoot in the summer and you're making a movie that's set mostly at night, mostly outdoors. Don't shoot a movie in Spokane because – and I love those people – but don't shoot a movie where your nighttime consists of 10.30 p.m. to 4 a.m. and that's it. So our call times every day would be 5 o'clock and then we'd wrap at 6. I would block the scene out with the the crew and the cast – and then we would go to lunch for five hours. Oh. Five hours gone. That's money just gone. People waiting around, people playing Xbox in their trailers or whatever. And, and I'm sitting there on this field going, I'm going to fucking die. Like, and, and everything's coming down on me. You know, It was horrible. You know, So my first AD actually kind of figured it all out. We technically had 30 days to shoot it, like on paper. We had 30 days to shoot it. All the hours lost, all the time that was you know spent waiting around for 10.30 to happen, and then race to get everything that you were supposed to get in 12 hours and 6. We actually had 17 days to shoot that movie. Mm. It was it was heartbreaking. So that half a Zoloft turned into a whole Zoloft, and then that whole Zoloft turned into two Zoloft. And I would actually have them in my pocket just like when the next shitstorm would come and I'd have to put out a fire or whatever. I'd be like, okay, boop. Well, that made everything okay, right? No, it made my – oh. no, it made my, both of my pinkies go numb. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. The weirdest thing. Like I sat there and went like – Yeah, that what was being sarcastic by the way. Of course I, it's I a know. terrible thing to it, have to – But it was just – I thought it, it would have helped and it made it so much worse. Like it really did. It was like – it was horrible because I couldn't be in the moment because I kind of leveled myself out and i look back and i go like would i have fought for more things if i was like more not to say that i wasn't on point i got i you know i'd made my days and i did it but the lack of joy i guess because i sedated myself during that was awful it made me not appreciate the process it made me like forget why i love doing this at least you learned that though and yeah. didn't yeah. repeat that over no and over no no, again. no i've never uh, like the second that I left Spokane, when we were done, I, I left the bottle in the hotel, and I never took another one. So you, so when you cut
3: the movie together after you took out yeah. all the queefs, did you? Uh, <laughs> di, did you? Thanks, John? <laughs> did you? Um, that gets a tee hee <laughs> Did you?
0: Were you happy or sad or like, fuck, this isn't what I wanted to do? Or it was I... one of those situations where when you're on a production, you'll have the producers go like, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll get that later. You know, like, we'll get that insert shot or we'll get that moment when we're back in L.A. We, you know, like we can shoot it on a, a at the time. You know, you could it was just when five D's were starting to be used in, in movies. So they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? We have a five D. We can just shoot that tire or get that shot of the book or whatever. Um, so I left Spokane going like I. I think I got some good stuff. I felt like, you know, I, I got to Spokane going, I'm going to make the next Goonies. And I left saying, I think we made Mac and Me. You know? <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that's that, that's not fair. That's not fair. More like the wrong guys. Remember the wrong guys with uh, Richard Lewis and Tim Thomason? Oh. Played the, the old Cub Scouts? Yes. Right? Yeah, there's, there's one for the canon. Um, I, I, I left going like, okay, I, I, I know I have something good. But fuck, I got like hampered every step of the way. Like it was just constant, constant compromise every single day, um, and I just kind of had to deal with it. So we had this amazing editor, Howard Smith, who did um, the Abyss. Uh, he did uh, this. This is fucking nuts. Um, he was the editor on *Twilight Zone* the movie. Oh wow! Uh, during the big. Oh. Debacle. So he was the guy who was t- called at four in the morning. Because he was the one who had to set up the Steenbeck to go through the footage with the FBI. Oh my God! Oh fuck! Yeah, how and, fucked up is and that? And he did. And he did. Uh, he did nights a badass. And he did nights a badass. Him. So imagine the awkward moment when I had John Landis come into the edit room and sit there and watch the movie, and I'm like, hey, "This is Howard Smith," and there was this kind of like. Moment between them. Oh my God! It was oh like, what are they gonna, gonna leave now? It was uh, awful, you know. But Howard was uh, awesome, and he, you know, he was my champion the whole way. John Howard. Yeah. Well, let's watch this thing. You guys remember <laughs> Vic Morrow? No. Oh, no. I'm like more uh,
2: affected by that than the coming blow. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah.
0: Um, but could you could you imagine being the guy that's uh, got to go through this raw footage? And I've seen it. You know, like years yeah, I've seen ago, it too. It was, yeah, and yeah. it's 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 lower, the worst. You know. Lower. But oh, right, like. Yeah. And you know, and I've become friends with with John, and uh, you know, it, it's something that you know he's got to live with every day of his life for the rest of his life. Like there are people in this town who will not work with him because they call him a murderer. I'm like that happened in '87. He was, you know, he was cleared of the crime, but the people will not forget it. You know, um, well, so anyway, isn't that,
4: when, isn't that when around the same time like uh, Spielberg kind of backed off from him? Yeah, oh, yes. well, yeah, like yeah. when that happened, yeah. it was just like...
0: Spielberg, they, there's a,
2: the, the rumor is that Spielberg was on set when that happened. Yeah, yeah,
0: the rumor yeah. was, was that was the second carted it happened, away immediately. he was shoved into a limo, and that was the last that anybody had seen of him, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, and Landis had to kind of take the brunt of it. Uh, so then, anyway Is there a weird thing Where like Joe Dante Defended Landis And then
4: like uh, That's when Spielberg Stopped working with Joe yeah. Dante as well
0: Well no that, that can't be though Because Gremlins Was like right after that oh, Was that so, right after that yeah. oh, Okay sorry I So that maybe meant... you know um, Well let's just say That Spielberg has not been To any of the Masters Of horror dinners <laughs> Yeah <unfortunately. laughs> Weirdly enough Vim Vendors And Michael Mann have oh, But strangely ah. Spielberg Weirdly enough um, So anyway So we're, we're in the post process Everything's going great uh, the, the script for Everly Got on the blacklist So I was like Woohoo Guns a blazing. And then, um, and then one day, the day uh, everything that I do in my life is it all comes down to the release dates of movies. You name a movie, I could probably like name the release date. So, battle, uh, what was it? Battle L.A. came out on March 11th of 2011, and I remember going like, "Ooh, I can't wait!" Because the Super Bowl ad was fucking great. Everybody was psyched for it. And then uh, we went into the edit. And we were all going to go to the movies right after. And then we got the call like, "Yeah, we're shutting down the edit." I'm like, "Okay, is everything all right?" "Oh yeah, yeah. We're just, you know, we're." we're just looking to you know find some funds elsewhere to keep you guys going and uh and okay how long well, you know we'll, we'll let you know and i just knew from there that it would like things were going rotten in denmark so i remember sitting in battle la at the dome crying like practically crying like it's over somebody thought that i was crying because of the movie i'm like it's not the movie i swear it's not and that's not how santa monica's laid out (laughs) i don't know where they are um and then you know one one or two weeks turned into one or two months and then two months turned into four and then of just uh, nothing. Of nothing. We're, You're not hearing from anyone? Radio silence until June of. Like, it was. So, f- like, three or four months of nothing. And then I had said from the beginning when we were uh, shooting, I, you know, because we lost Danny, Summer, I think Ryan as well, for like a whole weekend because of Comic Con. And my producer was like, what the fuck? You know, they weren't really as. Like, at least one of them was, didn't really know about Comic Con. I'm like, dude, no, this is good. Let them go to Comic Con. Like, you need to. This is a com. I even said like this is a Comic Con movie. Like this is a movie that we're making that is going to hopefully you know touch the you know the hearts of that kind of crowd because that's us. That's me. You know, and this is good for us. You know, like let them go and then you know say like May or something like that. Comic Con came to us and said like oh we heard about this movie. Um, You know, are you guys interested in promoting it there? And then I reached out again, like, uh, yes, like definitely. And then shockingly, who would have thought we got Hall H on Saturday afternoon?
3: That's crazy. Like that's
0: that's as big as it gets, right? It is Um, the biggest hall.
3: I mean, just for I would assume people know if they listen to the podcast, but it is it is basically. Primetime, time center stage biggest 7,000 people like a football field yeah. know, right? the, the biggest the yeah. biggest movies the you biggest
0: know. television shows like the biggest A-list everything, everything. Hall H that, that's where everybody goes and you know thankfully I personally called all the cast and said look you know if you're most of them were actually going to Comic Con you know so Dinklage was there for Game of Thrones and, uh, and Ryan was there for True Blood and Summer was there I think for Terminator at the time or like something right at, Summer was just going because she's Summer Lau you know yeah. she, she's, she's set Um, But we had, like, most of the cast there, and they're like, yeah, we would love to come. So because we had the cast, and, you know, because of the nature of the movie, they were like, yeah, we'll give you, I think it was, we were in between the Immortals and Snow White and the Huntsman. Mm. Now, again, who the fuck were we? Knights of Badass, and what the hell is that? Um, But it was still, it was either people who were, I think, waiting for, still reeling from that Twixt movie that that Coppola did, where they made everybody wear the Poe faces. You know, so there's a bunch of, so weird to walk around hall H and looking and you're stepping on Edgar Allan Poe's face. You know, <laughs> it's really strange. Only in comic con. Um, so, so they were reeling from that, but then either they were, you know, waiting cause you know how people like wait all day, yeah, you know, for yeah, like the end. So we had a bunch of people who were waiting there or they're big Tarsum fans cause of the immortals or snow white which everybody was exp- excited for. And then, uh, and, and then we, we did the panel and I had, I had been, I'd gone to hall H as a fan. I had got, gone to hall H as, you know, for, for G four before. Um, so I knew full well what it's like to be in Hall H, just not from that perspective. Right. So I, I don't know why, but like when, um, when I was shooting the movie, the props master gave me a, like, a real like LARPing sword, like one that's like sanctioned by LARP. You know, they, they have like physical people who sit there and go like, This is this is good. Okay, moving on. Physical people is my favorite 80s band. (laughs) Um, So so this was an authentic LARPing sword that I named after my grandmother, Edith. Right. So uh, I brought it with me to Comic-Con and the the LARPing uh, alliance that was down there. They all went down there. We had real LARPers in the movie who came from California, um, Budapest, uh, Florida, New York, Canada. They were just like, you're making a LARP movie. See you there. And, they, and the people just stayed for free. So all those same people were like, of course we're going to go to Comic-Con. So they set up this big LARPing thing outside. Wow. They, they brought in like, uh, a, like a whole faction and did this thing like right before. It was per- perfect, you know. And, uh, and I went out there and I had the sword like in a sheath behind me. And I was the first one out. And when I walked out and you look at 7,000 people at you, you know, it, it's – it's fucking daunting you know but i said fuck it why not so um so we all had a great time on there even though i think uh, margarita la viva who, who was also in um the last bond film too she was in the film and she spoiled dinklage's death like like during the panel she's like oh yeah like you don't make it long you know you don't last long in the movie and the whole place went oh <laughs> no and dinklage is just like what i you gonna do you know um, so at the, end of the, at the end of the panel And I just, I just sat there It was just reeling Because it felt like that moment in Rocky Where he gets up to the steps And he's bouncing around And then they freeze frame You know, like that to me Was my Rocky freeze frame So I was like, I'm taking this moment Fuck it So I grabbed the sword Pull it out And I just went, huzzah 7,000 people said huzzah back wow. Yes And really, it was like da And then I was frozen in time. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was frozen in time (laughs) for another year. Almost. It was that moment where I was like, and that was, that was where it, I shouldn't say it all went downhill, but that was the, the last like great moment for that, for me at least, because Right after that, uh, I was in the sitcom with uh, another filmmaker, Adam Green, who I do a podcast with. This show called Holliston. It's a horror comedy sitcom. Don't ask. Uh, it's, it's, it's nuts. But we were still. Dee starting... Snider lives in the closet. Dees... No, no. It's Odorous, <laughs> that's, that's, Odorous. that's right. That's right. right. Odorous. Yeah. The, late, the late, great I. Odorous Urungus. <laughs> Uh, D. Snyder Later. played our androgynous boss We can't tell if he's a guy or he's a girl He's amazing um, Which is why I said he lives in the closet <laughs> <laughs> Fucking point taken so my God, We have two characters that, that live in the closet He's he <laughs> not why he said it I'm going to give you points for that very Points, Thank you very points. I'll take that as points. I give points You don't give points, what are you doing uh, Vicarious uh, points uh, right. I know I give, that. Dude, you started that Because now that's all I do I walk around and like my kid will like, Hey look, I wipe my ass Points yeah. I was like, Thank you I do that with these guys <laughs> Aww. I give them points for wiping their ass. So I've anyway, never so any points. Uh, you never wipe your ass. <laughs> so after that, you know, speaking of wiping asses, um, so after that, it, like I, I went off and did a Holliston, and I met with the head of the company again. He's like, "So uh, we fired those old producers who I had a." perfectly good time with they were they were cool they were on my side we're like so we got rid of those guys and we're going to bring it back to your vision you know we, we had some restructuring we got the money back we got some money so um what we're going to do is we hired this new producer and uh, a new editor and we're going to just we're going to start on it we have all your notes and i'm sitting there going like Fuck, cool all right Leo you know, let's see what happens Um, that was in September and they was like six weeks, six weeks, and then we'll have you in for at least two weeks and we'll work on it together. It'll be great. Six weeks turned, turned into like three months. And then I got a call, uh, December 13th or whatever that year. And they're like, we want you to come in and see the cut. (laughs) Oh, I'm like, uh, but I don't remember being doing that. Exactly. Mm. I don't remember being in there for two weeks, but, uh, okay. You know, no, no, no. We just wanted to show you and then we'll work on it. Right. So uh, it was actually like right around here. Uh, they, they had a screening room and I went in and now my cut was 97 minutes, right? And we really cut it down to the bone, like as, as, as tight as you could possibly make a movie like that. Um, I went in, sat down, and then all of a sudden all these investors showed up, you know, like people that I knew because I'd seen them in like testimonial videos going like, I'm going to be in Hollywood. I'm just curious. Here, here's, here's a million dollars. Um, and they're all sitting down oh and we watched God. the movie. 97 minutes turned into 71 minutes. Oh. Yeah. And it was a complete recut. Like, th- there was a, a big explanation in the beginning, like this big voiceover uh, explanation, like, in a time, in a world, there was a book, the Sigil of Mammoth, and blah, blah, blah. That um, felt like the, uh, the opening of, like, Army of Darkness. Yeah. You know? yeah. which, which, Army of Darkness is such an influential movie to that, or at least it was, but it felt like, whoever was recutting it went like, okay, what are all the movies that we probably got influenced for this? Okay, let's watch all of those and do exactly what those did. They, they cut out a, a 10 minute ending because the owner of the company said he didn't like the, the lead character's dress. <laughs> no, seriously. Didn't like when we showed, when we showed the movie, he kept talking about this fucking dress. Yeah. I don't know why like that. I don't, I don't agree with that choice. I'm like, look, it's a dress. Like it doesn't like in the grand scheme of things, if the, there is a palp, a palatable arc, and the characters all feel like you know everything's resolved. Everybody walks away. Believe me, there's half half the movies I I watch. I don't like what they're wearing. It doesn't matter. It's as long as the story is <laughs> told. So, uh, but then all of a sudden, that ten minute ending turned into an Animal House end crawl where it's like Joe and Beth ended uh. up together. Gunther's still in game. Uh, Hung is is waiting in the wings in the you know in the the, the mountains of madness. It's, it was so they just, such... they just wrote they wrote stuff for the oh yeah like the, there was a pa system that kind of courses throughout the film where it's like you know uh hear ye hear ye the you know the uh the, the wise person wearing the uh the foam the, the foam armor should be going and closing the door of uh of their, car. their lights are on the buick the buick in, in this field has their lights on really dumb shit um they found a great opportunity to keep adding more stuff. So half the movie now has this weird narrator on the PA that is, like, explaining the movie to everyone. So at that point, are you – do you say, like, so are we going to go talk about this? Or? Oh, that, that, I went – like, when the movie was over, I turned around and I'd go, well, that's a start. <laughs> that's, a, that's a direction. Like, no, no, no. That, we're, we're really happy with this cut. Like, we, we want to go out with this. Like, and the first thing that came out of my mouth was, you can't release a 71-minute movie. You just can't. That's a that's a short. That's a featurette. If if I saw this uh, looked on the DVD box or you know looked at the listing and said 71 minutes long, yeah, I'm not watching that movie, mm-hmm. you know. And I just said, "Okay, that's fine, you know, but let's let me like you promised, let me get back in there and let's let's work on it together." You know, it, it's cuz when you're in the edit process, especially when it's not your money, it's a compromise, you know. You you kind of have to make people happy or complacent, but you have to make yourself happy. My biggest fault when I look back at that movie was I was trying to make everybody else happy but myself because I wanted to make a day, you know, or I wanted to, I thought like, oh, I should just pick my battles because I really want this little thing, but I won't fight about that thing, you know, that, that edit that they like or that scene that they cut or put back in. And I was like, right, look, I'm willing to, to work with you guys. It's totally cool. Um, they're like, okay, no, no problem, no problem didn't hear from them for another month and a half and then i I called them up like i i I do recall you saying and i have this email that says that i was going to be in there for two weeks yeah that's not going to happen okay so i don't get any time well maybe we'll make room for you on uh tuesday so you're giving me one day to sit down with this movie that i'm sorry i'm going to say it right now is a fucking mess to, to try to fix the movie yeah sure so I, I drive up to the valley, I go in, and the producer was not there, the uh, actual editor was not there, it was the assistant editor. Uh, I, I didn't know this at the time, I'm like, hey buddy, how's it going, so how many features have you worked on? He's like, none. I'm like, oh, this is going to go swell. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm like, so are you, he's like, oh, I'm the, I'm the assistant, I'm just here to you know to help facilitate what you want. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I guess, uh, so we start going through the notes, and I realized quickly, like, by lunch, I'm like, this is not going to happen. Like, nothing. This is not working out. So I I just asked the guy. I'm like, are you even going to save the project when I leave here? He goes, no. Oh. Yeah. Like, as a dick move or as, like, being honest with you? No, no. He was just being honest. He was totally – he felt bad for me. He was like, I'm really sorry, man, because, like – So
3: what they put out was basically –
0: So essentially what they – they ended up getting the movie to, I think, like, 87 minutes, you know. Um, But it was still – it just – it's heartbreaking and is Be- your name still on the movie now that's where it gets tricky yes my name is on there because at the time because uh, I'm with the DGA so the DGA states that you, you know you can't kick a director off but the Alan Smithy you know rule is gone now you're not allowed to do Alan Smithy as easily as it was you know back in the day where I'm like I just directed Birds 2 and it sucks that's the first
4: time I saw Alan Smithy. that was the first
0: time I saw it too yeah, right
4: yeah. lands
0: Birds was- was- 2 lands End. yeah. It was a Showtime movie. Um, But, you know, like, for anybody who doesn't know, Alan Smithy is the name that that you put on a movie. The fake name. Yeah, the fake name. name. It's a pseudonym. But but that became like in the late 90s that everybody knew what Alan Smithy was, so they kind of retired it. Now, if you want to take your name off of a movie, what you have to do is you have to put an appeal out. Um, The appeals board looks at it. Uh, It's a three stage process, but the final stage of it, which is. I don't understand why they even do this, but the third stage is, is that you have to go before like a jury of your peers mostly, but you have, it has to be in a uh, a unanimous vote saying that you can take your name off it. Now, if you take your name off of it, you're losing residuals. Like you lose everything. Like, so I got paid okay on the movie, but I was really hoping that residuals would keep me through the dark times. You know, like when I did wrong turn two, I got paid scale, but I still get checks today for that movie. You know? So I was thinking like, okay, I should fight for this because I still care about the movie. There's still elements of me in it. I just, you know, I'm not going to put myself out there as passionately to tell people to go see it um, like I wanted to. But if it's, out, if it's out there and it sells, in the end, it's okay. But the third part of that appeal is that you have to go before this board. And it has to be unanimous vote. But there has to be a representative from the production company there as well. And they have to vote yes. If they vote no, it's over. So uh, everybody in that whole uh, directing team, like that whole so, the whole star chamber, that all says like yay, yay, yay. You'll have that one asshole from the production company. He's like yay, and that's it. It's over. Uh, you know. So so I just said fuck it. Uh, you know, keep my name on it, but th- there's nothing I can do. It's crazy to have your name on something that you didn't really make. That, like, like that, in the that, end,
3: that, that can you know. I mean. I think you. I think you'd have to do something pretty terrible to like ruin your career. But I'm sure in your mind you're like, well, well, I, I guess this d- didn't wasn't fun, didn't go well, and is gonna hurt me now.
0: Well, because everybody, you know, it's that old feeling that you know you're only good as good as your last movie. You know, so you, so everything counts. You know, you have to make sure that whatever you're making, it, you know, it's a critical success and it makes a lot of money because that's going to propel you to the next project. Right. So, the, you know it was just a constant back and forth. And then these investors started getting in touch with me and they're like, dude, those people that made that movie total shenanigans, like they, they're a bunch of crooks and they didn't tell you what they were supposed like. They didn't tell you the whole story and they, you know, kind of laid it all out. And I go, look, I'm contractually bound at the time to, I can't really go out there and be like, no, this is an outrage. Join me nerds. You know, it wasn't going to happen. Um, so I, I tried to keep, uh, keep a little quiet, and then I found out that they were doing a fire sale with the movie because no one was going to buy it. Like it, it, There was such a stink on the movie at this point because it was like a year and a half, and I wasn't talking about it anymore. And everyone was like, what's going on with this movie? It was in Comic-Con like a year ago. Why isn't it out now? So people started asking questions. Um, so then there was this kind of fire sale where they have all these distributors come in and you know, watch your movie. And I found this out, and a lot of the investors were like, "Dude, I can't wait to see your movie!" Oh my god, look, I'm going just for you, and I'm like, "No, no, no!" Like this is bad news. It was like offending me that they were using, you know, both my fans to get the word out, and uh, it hurt me. So what I did was, without going into like pure slander, uh, I took a picture of um, of a paper cut. It was a, a, a thumb with a paper cut that I found on the internet. I put it on Instagram and hashtag Not My Cut. <laughs> Within an hour, it was a news piece. Like, it was on Slash Film. It was on Badass Digest. It was on Ain't It Cool. Like, people saying, like, what the fuck is this with this Not My Cut thing, you know? And it, re- it, it like, became a news piece so that by Tuesday when they screened the movie, um, a, a bunch of people were in the theater and they went, give Joe's cut back! It was oh, like, shit. holy shit! My God! Like, I didn't expect that at all. Um, but it did get sold. It got sold to E1 and... um You know, and they were going to put it out with me or without me, you know, and whatever. That's fine. Um, But I knew that there was nothing that was going to take nothing was going to get me to endorse the movie at that time. I was like, no, I'm an auteur. I'm not going to I'm not going to go out there and and shill a a, a lesser version of what I wanted. Because, look, when you you know what it's like when you go out there and you're addressing seven thousand people and you tell them you genuinely love this movie, you know, and I've done this now twice. Uh, It's probably burned me both times, if anything, where I go, look, I'm. Like and at at that time when I when we did Comic Con I was still in you know the I still had the idea that well we just ran out of money but the cut's fine I didn't know that they were going to recut at all so I was like we're going to do it we got this someday you're going to see this and I guarantee you're going to love it you know or at least you'll like it Uh, or at least you'll like (laughs) Dinklage but now here's this this thing that I just despise like I, I I've only watched it twice. And the, the first time that I watched it was that day. And the second time I like my agents were like, I, we got to see this thing. I'm like, OK, we went there and they and when it was over, they turned around and went. Oh. And when your agents do that, you're just like, oh, fuck me, you know, because n- now I have to make them work. Seriously, that's what it is. It's like if you ha- if you're, you know, the director of whiplash and you make whiplash, you're kind of doing the job for your reps because all <laughs> I have to do is be like, I got the whiplash guy. Right. And that's it as opposed to yeah you know the movie nights of badass him yeah yeah and then they got to go into a whole spiel and then be like no no but it wasn't like that the you guy do it. the guy really knows what he's doing um, so you know the word got out that we had this kind of stinky movie or whatever and and i just tried to distance myself from it so weirdly enough um the movie comes out it came out last year uh on VOD and then went on on Blu-ray and and again i just tried to just not shit on the movie because Who am I? Like once, once, once the movie goes out there, it's not mine anymore. Um, I just tried to just keep a safe distance and not sit there like I am now with Everly. We're going like, see this movie hashtag hashtag retweet retweet. Just get it all out there. I just didn't do it. Um, We started a podcast. um, Adam Green and I started this podcast two years ago called The Movie Crypt, which kind of was an offshoot of Halston. Didn't expect this. We were going to just do it for ten weeks just to promote the show, and that was it. Suddenly, the, the people, we did it at Geek Nation, and suddenly they go, well, you have 125,000 listeners now every week. You should probably keep going. <laughs> and we're like, fuck it, why not? So every Friday, we've been doing it for two years now. We just had Nicotero on last week. He says hi, by the way. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but you know, now, like James Gunn was just on. Henry Rollins was just on. Like, But the, the idea behind the podcast is that it's for creative people to just come in and just kind of talk shop. That's it. You know, If you want to vent, great. If you don't, if you want to geek out, totally fine. We, we used you guys as a model. I, I, mm-hmm. Oh, we, we're of we're course. So, so uh one
4: time we'll be models, guys.
0: <laughs> Yay! Yay. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so we had uh Don Coscarelli on. Uh the, the great Don Coscarelli dude. Phantasm, Bubba Hotep. Uh he had just uh done John Dies at the end. And uh I, I mean, I've been a fan of his because of Beastmaster. It wasn't, it wasn't nah. Phantasm. It was motherfucking Beastmaster. So that, that was my gateway drug to Don Coscarelli because after that, I'm and like, Mark And yeah. Mark Singer. And Mark Singer and Rip Torn and Ferrets. Like, <laughs> it had that, movie, that, movie, that movie's got everything. Ferrets, <laughs> Rip Torn, you know. It, it was such a seminal movie for me because I had seen it at the drive-in. It was one of those few drive-in movies where it was so either good, bad, or bad, good that your parents actually said, Let's stay for the next one. Like so, we watched that. I think it was Black Hole, and then watched Beastmaster again. Like that—that's how fucking great that night was. Um, so, you know, and then and then it's on HBO every other day because the only two movies that they played on HBO at the time was Brainstorm and Beastmaster. You know, yeah. and, and Wimbledon. So, dons on, and at some point, Beastmaster came up, and both of us turned into ten-year-old kids. Like, oh my god, Beastmaster is my favorite movie, and we watched his face kind of sour like his face twisted and everything he's just like mm, like he didn't want to talk about it and of course I'm like Don what, what's going on he goes I hate that fucking movie I'm like why he goes because they took the cut away from it and and immediately... I put a post in Variety, of a picture of a paper cut. Said, <laughs> so, cut. Yeah, exactly. I put pounds I put it, it on the, the, the reporter. It cost me $7,000.
4: <laughs> Instagram is a lot
0: cheaper these days. Um, but it quickly changed my perspective on the movie immediately. Like, right from there I go, I can't shit talk that movie because there are... There's a lot... And, and this is true. There's a lot of people who like that movie. You know, that... Don't know about the controversy. Don't know controversy. Don't know about me or any of the drama that happened. They just watched it on Redbox or Netflix or Xanax. Know, or, or Xanax <laughs> or, or Bit or BitTorrent, <laughs> and their pinkies got numb, and they just saw it at face value and they enjoyed it, you know, for what it is. Now, is it the thing that I wanted it to be? No, but who the f- at the end of the day, who cares? Well, as we're sort of winding this down,
3: how did just give a little bit of uh, about Everly? Yeah, and- might as well.
0: And you might as well. You're here. Yeah. I mean, you might as well. This was supposed to happen movie. three years ago in, in my bucket list time. You know, I was like, I'm going to make nights. I'm going to hang out with the nerdist guys. It's all going to work out. Technically, you did do those yeah. things. It just yeah. took three more years to do
3: it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And we're also uh, going to have to re-edit this podcast <laughs> yeah. where you're mostly out of it. So okay, good. That, that's probably you'll, for the you'll best. You'll have a couple minutes, And then you can, so... you, can use the, you can use the thumb again. <laughs> not, <laughs> <Yeah>. my <cut. laughs> not my cut. Not my cut. Nerdist podcast,
0: not my cut.
3: <laughs> Perfect.
0: Um, uh, yeah, so, so as Everly, an intro so to
4: As an intro to Everly, uh, Deanna and I and Emily and Kumail all went to Fantastic Fest, and uh, we got to see Everly, which was, uh, which was awesome. It was the best movie to see, uh, like not knowing, because yeah. I didn't... Like, it's like, I know you sent me the trailer, but I was like, mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be seeing at Fantastic Fest, and I, so I didn't want to watch the trailer. Because it's also, that's the best part about Fantastic Fest, is just
0: seeing everything cool. Yeah, you just... Yeah. You, the, the colder you can go into... And Have you been to Fantastic Fest before? I'm, that's the one Austin festival oh, I've yeah. never been
3: to. <laughs> I've been to fucking every other... Festival, it's the
4: best. Uh, it's the, the best. It's the I know, best. I, know, it's no movies. I know You've movies, 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 movies. That's all. It's like there's no. And you're wearing
0: the Alamo Draft House. Yes, uh, I am. Uh, shirt like right that's now. all. I, well, that's all. I I only wear Alamo Draft House shirts. At the, but at it's this it's point.
4: such it's such a great festival, just because it really is. It's like there's no like
0: parties it's like it's like
4: everyone's going to be well I'll probably just stick around do some around town and go to the party like, there's really no, no sanctioned they parties. have the the high ball next door that is the party the bar, there's like the bar connected to the place when I mean, you
3: actually have to go watch the thing that yeah, people made exactly. oh i wish <laughs> it would crazy. show the thing.
4: yeah it would be nice they um, but uh, but yeah so it's a fantastic festival and then like getting to see your movie with a whole huge crowd and like and just people just like you know applause breaks for some of the stuff in this movie uh, it, was, it was so fun it's like it's a good party movie i like like cheap thrills or you know any kind of one of those movies where it's like Get a, like a group of friends together to see it because it's just like it's like a, just this like fucking awesome party movie. It's a feel good movie. We recently, It
0: is not a feel good movie. <laughs> it's, it,
4: it is. It
0: is a. It's the feel bad hit of the January slash February. The post Oscar like season. Come on, well, was, Thank you. It was fun. Um, but yeah, the uh, the movie is called Everly. It stars Salma Hayek, and uh, it is. I've been using. I don't know why. Like at when we were at Comic Con because I went back to Comic Con and they they put us Paul H Saturday afternoon. But I'm sure that was because it was Salma Hayek was going to be there, which was it was her first Comic Con. Uh, when she when we were backstage, she's like, "Baby, go out and see how many people are there," you know. And I can't remember who was right before us, but I went out there and there's seven thousand people just waiting there patiently for for us to start. And I go back there, I'm like, "Yeah, it's about a." I was trying to be nice. I'm like 5, 6,500 people. Oh, the Osmeo! Awesome like she, <laughs> she did not. She didn't expect the the, the craziness that was Comic Con. She just probably thought it was like a junket and realized that it is the craziest junket of all time. Right. You know. Um. But stars Salma Hayek as a woman who is trapped in an apartment. Uh, her yakuza, you know, in, in boss slash slave uh, keeper slash lover in a way. Uh, this guy named Tycho, um, he finds out that she's an informant and decides to send everybody to go get her. Like, I keep thinking of that moment in, in The Professional where Gary Oldman says, like, Everyone! <laughs> That's essentially what he's doing. Um, so the movie takes place over the course of one night, and it's all, it all takes place in this one room, and we kind of went like Dogma 95 a little bit by actually having a rule saying... If she's in the room, or even if, if at, po- at points when she's not, the camera can never leave the rooms to give you that sense of claustrophobia, and also, spoiler alert, she makes it out. Uh, but to give you that catharsis when you know the, you know the, the climax happens, just so that the audience can take that that breath of fresh air. But it also it allowed us to be. Um, those parameters helped us be more creative with the visuals, you know, instead of just being like, okay, master, you know, shot, shot, get all get all the angles to get this fight scene. We would let scenes play out in oneers, you know, not quite Birdman wonners but Dynamic enough wonders That you don't normally see In an action movie Where yeah. is this Is this did the movie come out? The movie is out on VOD now It was just at the drive-in Tonight uh-huh. is actually The last night That it's playing at the drive-in So Radius Who put out Snowpiercer And Horns And uh, and Citizen 4 And everything They bought the movie But they were like Look we're, we're going to put it out On VOD first And then we'll do theaters I'm like okay Well that's, that's the new way you know. As, as, as long as we do theaters That would be great Because I shot the movie Super wide you know, To be on a big screen And everything Did you get a print of it? You got a print? Done film? Uh no, but I'm working on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm working on that. I'm not get, gonna I'm,
2: show it at the new it it's gonna be
0: on thirty-five mil. Let's yeah. just say this. I'm working on it. All that. right, Ooh. wink, wink, wink. Uh, because the thing is, though, it's like you know, uh, Adam, my my partner, has like these film cans. It's like, oh man, just hauling out this you know copy of uh, Hatchet Two in these big fucking crates, and I'm like, oh, here's my DCP for, for Everly. <laughs> <laughs> All this hard work, here it is. Boom, there it is. Yeah. here's work. my hard work. Ta-da! A thumb drive? But yeah. you got
3: to make the movie you wanted. You got to you you came back from
0: what was kind of a
3: bummer experience,
0: the, the, dude. The worst. It, like those are those are moments. Said I've talked to other filmmakers and they're like, dude, I would have quit. Yeah, would nice been- a bad ass. Pretty, pretty much you know? syphilis on your face. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I, I got a big was the color correction.
3: Uh, well put, Thank sir. Thank you. <laughs> you know, my... uh <laughs> a good uh, setup, too, so you want to know? There's a uh, want to
4: uh, give it back where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just It's the, kind
3: of a Sometimes of- an alley
4: has it, needs an alley-oop. And then they-
2: you <laughs> just try to get your uh, triple-double up, huh, Jonas?
3: My... <laughs> 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 There's sort of this thing that uh, our the guy that makes us lift heavy things in a in a gym. Uh, he Tom says J. Uh, Tom J. Dieters, who has a new podcast that's really good. But he, um, you know, there are moments where you kind of go until you can't do something anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like you go to failure. It's like oh, you get to failure. Doesn't matter how many do you get to failure, and then everything you do after that. He was like. This is where the growth happens. Mm-hmm. It's not coming in and feeling amazing, and everything's perfect, and the weather's perfect, and it, you know, like you just you you knock everything off the charts. He was like, the moments of growth happen when you're basically on your ass. Yeah, it's and true. So, though. had your first film gone. Brilliantly, you may not have learned as much, you may not have appreciated as much. I'm sure you would have preferred that. Bad Badassum had been, you know, everything you wanted to be. Well, my
0: first film actually was a success. Wrong, yeah, wrong Turn, turn two, two, Dead End, but but it was this. But I, I was like, can't let the sophomore slump happen, because like, that you learn that in film school. Like people talk about that. Like oh, remember the Hughes brothers, you know, Menace to Society dead presidents you know like it was there were so many people who talked about the the sophomore slump so that's that's another reason why I was like psyching myself out going no sophomore slump no sophomore slump so just really quickly in one bite-sized chunk what did you what did you learn and what did
3: you take away and and how did you make it work this time? for
0: for better or for worse I learned to trust myself you know because in nights I was trying so hard to please everybody else and and you never watch a movie and say, wow, they really made their day. <laughs> never. You, you, you never sit there and go like, my God, they really maximized those 12 hours like a boss. And never that was happens. in Spokane, and you can't shoot between <laughs> yeah. certain hours. No, 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 no. So...
2: Hey, come take a look at this movie. They yeah, shot Spokane. It's uh, mostly dark. Uh, <laughs> and you know, it's mostly done. done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: It was just, mostly finished. I just saw this amazing movie. It came in under budget. It was incredible.
3: But that's I mean, the he thing. No one, one had does six that. and three quarters, yeah, but yeah, he only yeah. had one point seven. See, you know what does kill me though about movies
2: sometimes is the uh, overuse of uh, shooting day for night. Oh, oh, I When hate there are hard shit. shadows. Oh, I worst. hate it. I hate or, or it. Or Don't watch dry. The Mummy. Don't watch The Mummy. Ooh. The, which way? The reboot one? The original The Mummy. Well, I mean, the 1996 Mummy. Can you believe that you just said the I original
3: Mummy
0: with the Brendan Fraser I version? I can't believe that. Jeez. I did That's
3: that. Christ. There was black one before Everything. that?
0: Yeah it, really uh, yeah. it was black and white, but I'm sure no one That's watched Stephen that That's Stephen Summers. He sure likes daylight. Well, uh, but anyway, so so the thing that I learned from that was... To just trust myself And just to 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 take a moment Like on Everly Every day there was So many complications There was so much You know On on a production It's a stressful situation So it would be Me just saying What do I want You know What what, what, what do I want In this moment You know And then following my heart You know And again uh, There are people who hate this movie but when I read those bad reviews because, and I like reading the bad reviews I, re- I like reading all the reviews because I'm having a dialogue with a person I, ma- I made this movie and put it out there they watched it and they're giving it back whether it's good or bad it's an opinion whatever I'll just hang out with the people who like the movie um, <laughs> but it, it, was, it was those things that like there's some hard shit in this movie and, and it's a tonal roller coaster. You're, you're cringing at one moment and laughing at the next but that's life So I just kind of went with it, you know, and I, I just, I just went with it in a way that made me happy and, and I, I can watch this movie like they, they showed it last night and I can sit there and I can watch it and that to me is a testament. It's not an ego thing. It just means that I, I can't really watch any of my own stuff, but I can sit there and go. I, I I did write by the story, by the character, and whether you like it or not, you know, maybe we, then it just means we won't hang out. So, what is your Twitter handle that people can say hi to you? Uh, at the Joe Lynch, nice at and the easy. Joe Lynch. At the Joe Lynch. L-Y-N-C-H. There's, a,
3: there's a lot of Joe Lynches out there, but you're not the only one. The, the, you the, Irish bastard. Would I you know. uh, Would you like to do the
0: ceremonial um, sign off? Oh man, do, really? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I really do wish I had a fucking burrito right now. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, yes, I can, and uh, everybody enjoy your burrito. That was nice,
3: Joe. Nice
0: one. Uh, yeah, but there's always you know like you always have this like velvety en- uh, exit when you like enjoy your burrito. Everybody. Oh yeah. It, it, it's it's fall asleep at the microphone. Enjoy. Oh, is that what it is? But <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: Chris does Chris does do this thing sometimes where I mean it's not when he's tired, but it's when he's like just listening where he just starts going. I so that's what that was bumping his you know nose. Do you know why?
3: Because these little look. fluffy windscreens are so—they're
0: n- they're like Muppet noses. We, that's what we wind. have to and tell the could. people You're when they come into the when we tell You're people my when my come into into the nose. podcast. We we're like, you have to blow the Muppet, <laughs> <laughs> and immediately, like, if you, you'd sit there and be like, Jordan. It was, uh, we had Jordan Peel on a couple like a couple months ago, and we we're like, just blow them up, and he's like, you got a
3: baby. I got that covered. I just like the way it feels. <laughs> it's so soft and kind All right, start the hammer.
1: Now
0: leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
1: Murder on My Mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus, explores the circumstances leading up to the murder of two young men and the mistrials of the man accused of killing them. Up-and-coming rapper YNW Melly gained notoriety in the hip-hop world for his shocking lyrics and criminal exploits. When two of his best friends were gunned down in a drive-by shooting, investigators suspected the young rapper staged the scene. But after not one, but two trials that ended in hung juries and new evidence that may place YNW Melly at the scene of the crime, his trial has been paused indefinitely. With countless twists and turns, Law & Crime covers all angles of the case and begs the question, is this young artist the victim of a witch hunt or a silver-tongued devil who's evil to the core? Listen to Murder on My Mind exclusively and ad free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.